Uh, good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the People Progressing Podcast. And I have Air Force Academy baseball coach Mike Kozlowski on, and I am just so excited. I, this is a guy that I've looked up to for years after year after year, not just because he's a baseball coach and an unbelievable leader because of what he's done for our country. So Coach Kaz, that's what we're going to call you. Coach Kaz, uh, thanks for coming on and just kind of tell us what you've, where you grew up and, and how you grew up and what are some of the things that you did at grew up that kind of shaped you? First and foremost, coach, thank you for having me on this morning. And uh, I grew up in Fox Lake, Illinois, a real small town, which a public school called Grant High School. My dad was my high school baseball coach and he worked at the high school. And uh, when I was growing up, I never even heard of the Air Force Academy. And one day my junior year, my dad said, hey, there's a gentleman from the Air Force Academy. I think you should listen to him. And I did. And I tried to talk to this gentleman for about an hour. My first question was, where is the Air Force Academy? I grew up in this small town, and this was probably before you ever jumped on airplanes and flew around before club baseball, where you flew all over God's creation. Um, and the only states I ever visited before in my life was uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And I was never on an airplane before, but I listened to this gentleman talk to me. And the word that really hit home to me, even to the to today, is the word challenge. And that's what he talked to me about at the Air Force Academy. I mean, I did well academically, athletically as a good kid. And I wanted to do something that was definitely different. And I'm very thankful for my dad introducing me to this gentleman from the Air Force Academy. Because if he didn't, I probably would never have even thought of going to the Air Force Academy. Um, because most of the kids in my area, they would go to... Northern Illinois, Western Illinois, Southern Illinois, Eastern Illinois, U of I, and that was your normal progression when you graduated from high school. And once again, uh, I just want to do something a little bit different. And having the opportunity to come to Air Force Academy is definitely that. And I'm very appreciative of that opportunity. What was it like getting on the plane for the first time and, and flying out to Colorado, knowing, um, going through boot camp at the Air Force Academy? And, what was it like? What was your feeling inside? Were you a little nervous, anxiety, stress? What was it? Well, the unknown for sure. And I was thinking it was going to be the worst of the worst. And I was ready physically. Um, I think the biggest issue is the mental aspect when you go through any basic training, because physically it wasn't that demanding for me, especially from being a, from an athletic perspective, but the, just the mental stress and pressure that you put under which I understand now because that's everything that we try to do out here for the 4,000 young men and women that are here called cadets is that we want to really push them to face adversity, stress, and pressure to understand the teamwork, coincidence, you know, to winning and losing the up and down of it. Uh, every young man and woman that attends the Air Force Academy, these are straight A kids. Uh, they're the big fish out of the little pond of all the different high schools across the country. And we truly are selecting the best of the best, the elite to be able to come to this institution and four years later walk across the stage and shake the president of the United States hand and throw their hat in the air in front of 30,000 people the Thunderbird Jetsup overhead. But it's a higher calling. And for my position of being the head baseball coach out here, it's not just being a baseball coach for these kids. At the end of the day, it is truly about being a life coach. And uh, I've walked a lot um, following graduation from here. I got to fly $300 million airplanes. I've flown around the world. I've been in combat. I've seen war. I've seen, you know, from missiles, warnings to being shot at, to unfortunately also having to um, bring back our boys in a casket with a flag draped over them to see mom and dad and their spouses and their children. And it gives it truly a different perspective on life, Joe, that is a lot bigger than just being a baseball coach or trying to recruit baseball players or just trying to win baseball games. And at the end of the day, once again, my job is so much bigger than just being that uh, piece of being a baseball coach. It's really about trying to make these kids a uh, and they're great men, great husbands, and great fathers. And it's really about making warfighters for our country to keep America number one. It, it, it's an amazing story. We're going to get into, we're going to dive deeper into that. I want to go back a little bit to, in high school, were you just a baseball player? Did you play other sports, or was it just strictly baseball? Oh, true, Coach. Back in little high school or small high school, you played every sport. Yeah. So I played football during football season. I played basketball during basketball season. I played baseball during baseball season. And during the summer, you played all of them. And then try to have a job as well. And so you, the time management piece, you're always work, work, work in regards to getting better. Um, my dad being a baseball coach and being a, my dad was my basketball coach, my baseball coach. He's also my freshman football coach. So I grew up in the gym and my weekends uh, did not consist of going out and doing maybe some things that I probably should have. I had the keys to the gym and my buddies and I, we'd go to the 
we'd go play basketball, we'd maybe go play floor hockey, we'd, we'd do whatever we possibly could, but it was always being active. And I, I really, I know, Coach, you're a big believer in the multi-sport athlete and being at the academy, I'm looking for that multi-sport athlete too. I'm looking for the, the quarterback on that football team. We're looking for the leaders to especially come to this type of institution where they're going to have to overcome so many different um, pieces of adversity and that stress. And we want kids that have been already in the fight a little bit. So the multi-sport athlete is a huge deal for me when I'm definitely recruiting kids. And let, let's dive into your baseball career at Air Force Academy. You have like over eight different offensive records as a player at Air Force. You were a four-year starter at Air Force. Um, to, give us a little bit about that. What, what was that like playing at the, at the Air Force Academy? Was that a challenge with the academics and so forth as a player and as a student at the Air Force Academy? Well, let's see. That was... I'm 51 right now, so that's a long time ago. So if I still have some of those accolades that you throw out there, I think I still do own a record for probably most errors in a game too. So we can oh. throw that one in there. But um, it, it's about the journey you get to go on, the experiences you have. It's about the different people that you get to meet. They're still my best friends to this day and the bonds you create. And, and I look back on my time at the Air Force Academy. And once again, being a, a dad now and being 51, I look back on it. And I want, I get to speak on both ends right now because I didn't do well academically. I didn't do well in the military route. Uh, I, I make fun of myself a lot of the times here that uh, I did have to march with a rifle about 186 hours worth because I didn't do well militarily. Um, I also graduated in the top 95% of my class that people get a good chuckle out of. Um, so the top 95%, I graduated, I think, 944 or 988. So I was at the bottom of the barrel. And once again, now being a dad here, uh, with our kids, I really want to push them academically, athletically, and everything they do, because they get one chance to live their life. And uh, people laugh at this one, but I still use the term YOLO, and I'm not sure, Joe, if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. You live once. Yeah. And I want our kids to push themselves, and I want them at the academy. I want them to jump out of airplanes. I want them to fly flyers. I want them to go through survival training. I want them to suck an eye of a rabbit's head. I want them to strap in the F-15 and F-16 jets. I want them to do as much as they possibly can. I have kids on our team that are rocket scientists. I have kids on our team that want to be doctors. I have kids that want to put warheads on foreheads and turn people on the hair, teeth, and eyeballs. So at the end of the day, it's really about pushing them to be their very best. And if I can do that, the, the scoreboard at the end of the day doesn't really matter because it's so much bigger, the end product and the end the, on our mission at the end of the day. And my mission is really simple. And I tell this to all the parents that I recruit and even the kids is that my job is to ensure that your son, once again, becomes a great man, a great husband, and a great father. And the cool part is I get to take a boy and I get to make him into a man. I get to take a man and then make him into a warrior for us. And it's fun watching that transformation and over the four-year time period and then still keeping my ties with them after they graduate and ensuring their success in the military. And how, how important, you use the word challenge. You wanted to challenge yourself and that's why you went to the, Air, the United States Air Force Academy in the first place is, is for that challenge. How important is it when you when you talk to the people listening to this podcast, how important is it for you to challenge yourself personally and to have other people challenge you pers- on, on their level? Coach, every day is a learning day. And I, I learned so much even through our players, through all the cadets here. Uh, and when you're surrounded by great kids day in, day out, and I got to raise my game up. And you see the sign beside me, behind me, it says make a difference. And as I've gotten older, it's no longer about me anymore. It's about making a difference to others. And whether it's 35 baseball players or 4,000 cadets here or other people I get to interact with is that I get one chance to live my life. So there's the YOLO for me. But every day I wake up and you can ask my kids, ask my wife, they're like, why do you always have such a great attitude? I'm like, I'm just happy to be alive. And if I can make a difference today and better someone because of it, because I know at the end of the day, coach, I'm going to get judged by someone a whole heck of a lot bigger than my wife. You know, the big guy upstairs is yeah. going to have to give me the thumbs up or a thumbs down. And, you know, I want to make sure that I push myself too. that every day that I get to live on God's green earth is I'm, I'm going to do the best I possibly can and hopefully make a positive impact and be a great role model for all. And that's the whole goal and the whole mission here is to just try to bring that same type of charisma and attitude and energy to all the cadets that are here. And my door is always open for kids to come in here. And it's not just once again, the baseball kids, it's all the cadets here. And uh, we have a great reputation for our baseball program. So our kids do really well academically and militarily. And I get more self-fulfillment when our kids do well in the classroom or in their leadership opportunities 
then once again, at the end of the day, a scoreboard that you look at and you go, oh, great, you've won a game. No, this is not just about winning a baseball game. It's really about once again prepping these kids later because um, General MacArthur once said on the fields of Browning's Drive for so many seeds and other days and other fields of rare the fruits of victory. And I truly agree with that because once again, that field is so important for their development and uh, great officers for us. Um, but all in all, it's the whole package of a person that we're looking at and trying to make sure that we grow that. Excuse me, we hang up these people. Oh, you're good. Well, let me, so coach, don't you think what you're talking about can transpire into the business world. Um, all coaches, not just at the academy, should have that same type of attitude in terms of who they're leading and what they want to get out of their leadership. I, I think that sometimes coaches over, overlook that and sometimes business leaders look overlook that. I always had a saying that I judge the success of our program of where our kids were 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years after they played for us. And you're kind of saying the same type of thing there. But I think a lot of coaches lose that perspective on things because they do look at the scoreboard too much. Would you? And, and same with business. They look at the bottom line profit too much instead of developing their people and realizing that their people are the profit. Would you agree with that? Totally. And it's not uh, – there's – I got to talk to other coaches before. If they're only concerned about the scoreboard and winning the conference or winning a state championship, they're in the wrong business because we have to have a positive effect on the people that we're growing with. And leadership 101 is real simple. You got to know your people. You got to learn how to take care of your people. And the more you know and care about your people, the more that they're going to be willing to give back to you. And it's, uh, I used to, when I was a young coach, 23 to 26 years old, you know, I thought the, the way to, get to these kids and the drive home points was saying you, you, you can swear at them, you can be hard on them, you can yell at them. But now as I've gotten older, it's more of a disappointed dad. And you know, it's really never about me anymore. It's about the kids and ensuring their growth. And we, we talk about the journey that these kids get to go on, that we get to go on together. And I'm part yeah. of this journey and recruiting a young man here to play baseball. You know, these are my sons. And I'm going to treat them as such. And there's some tough popular love at times, but at the end of the day, they're still my kids and I love them dearly. And coach, I, I'll be honest. I tell our kids all the time how much I love them. Yeah. And that might sound weird. I can't tell you what's happening with the NCAA basketball trend, but I could guarantee I could tell you who are every one of our players, their grades, you know, their, their, their social things that are happening with them, their girlfriends, anything and everything. Because that's more important to me than wondering about, you know, Major League Baseball starting up or the NCAA basketball tournament. It's truly about understanding others. And the more fulfillment that you get out of that, the better leader you're going to be. And our core values of the Air Force are very simple. Integrity first, which is paramount. I mean, you have to be able to live your life morally correct to be able to have a great influence. And our second one is service before self. And if you're willing to put yourself out there for your kids, and they know that they, they, you're going to care and love them no matter what happens, whether it's a good or bad, that you're going to have their back. They're going to give you more. And the last one is excellence in all you do. And that's a tough one because excellence in all you do at the Air Force Academy, shoot, our academics are hard. You take an astro, aero, civil, mechanical, electrical engineering, calculus, physics, chemistry, biology, and they're like, holy crap, this isn't easy. And then on top of that, we want them to get involved and be leaders of our school, then also play Division One baseball and also play, you're know, spending, 20 to 30 hours a week down at the field and you're trying to make all this and have a great impact on them. So these kids are really busy and my job is to be there to support them. I've walked the walk. I understand what they're going to go through. But, you know, you talk about other corporations and companies and other coaches out there. If you do not, if it's, you've got to get it out of your system. That's not you. If you're willing to give to your other, to your subordinates and they're going to give it back to you twofold. And that's where your success is going to come in. Because once again, hopefully you're not just in it for the money. Hopefully you're not just in it for the wins at the end of the day. You're in for the satisfaction of doing something bigger and better than just for yourself. Man, this is awesome. I, I want to go through, can you describe what an average day is for one of your players? Uh, currently right now, the spring semester is a little bit different than our fall semester because we're considered on season since we do travel quite a bit. Uh, normally our kids are probably up by 6 to 6.15. Uh, they're going to go to breakfast. They're going to go to class from 7.30 to 11.30. They go to lunch. Uh, then we're going to start practice at about 2 o'clock. We'll be done by 6 o'clock. Uh, they're going to go up to the room probably around 6.45. They have a military time for about an hour. And then after that, they're going to hit the books. I mean, we do have some time where they can unwind a little bit. 
Um, but after that, though, they're, they're busy. And when our average credit hours are, they're taking six to seven classes a semester, and most normal Division I schools are taking four. And when you're talking six or seven classes, especially at our school, uh, these are tough classes. And they got to really work hard. You might get one day off here, but you're definitely not going to have two. Um, so every day, there's the, uh, I call them opportunity hurdles. And you got to be willing to jump over those hurdles because every day you're going to be get presented with more. And these are those challenges that every day you got to bring your A game here. So if you, if you don't, you're going to get, you're going to get left behind. And I do believe the cool part about our school that everyone thinks that the Air Force Academy or any of the academies are a bunch of crazy weirdo kids running around in camouflage, shooting guns every day. And they're doing push-ups. and, you know, we get 21 minutes to practice. You know, it's not that at all. I mean, this is a college, but this is a different type of college. We do believe in organization, structure, and discipline, uh, which is definitely needed. And there's so many different highs and lows that these kids go through. Um, but once again, when you got the cream of the crop young men, they're all, and women that are here, they're all very successful. Um, it's a true family. Everyone cares about one another because they're an asset to our country because 99.5% of Americans aren't going to do what these kids are going to do. You know, this, this is the half percenters that have raised their right hand. They're willing to die for our country. And I'm very proud of that piece. And I, once again, to myself, have to be a great role model and mentor to all these kids. And, you know, our kids are going to fail. You know, we want to teach failure here. And that sounds weird that we want to teach failure. But how do you grow if you never fail? And a majority of these kids have grown up and they've done super through high school. And they've never really had failure and I'm not talking a strikeout in the baseball game. I'm talking about maybe they fail a test. Maybe they're, you know, they have an integrity issue right here that has to, they haven't got to make determinations on how to, how to truly get the right thing and do the right thing. And that's fun watching these kids once again grow and mature and develop over the course of these four years that are here. And to me, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I have no, I will never coach anywhere else because nothing compared to what I get to do here and the impact that I get to have on our country. And once again, it's about 4,000 cadets on a daily basis that if I'm not doing my job right, it affects our whole United States of America and every American citizen. So there's a lot more to it. And once again, I'm yeah. very proud of the fact that uh, all these kids have raised their hand to die for me, to die for my family. Uh, I'm very proud of the fact my daughter's here. My daughter's a junior at the United States Air Force Academy. And uh, everyone always says, well, how cool is it that your daughter's following your footsteps? And I tell people this all the time. My daughter's not following my footsteps. My daughter for the past 15 years has been raised by cadets that have been in my house and they've been the greatest role models and mentors I could have ever asked for. And when the cadets are at my house, they're talking about uh, important things. They're talking about how, how to do things right. They're talking about integrity. They're talking about how, how to excel in school. And I had a, a story a couple years ago when my daughter was up skiing in Dale as a freshman. And my daughter's up skiing. I talked to her on the phone. I said, what are you guys, what are you guys going to do? She goes, well, we just got off the mountain. I think we're going to go grab a bite to eat. And uh, I think later on, we're going to study chemistry. I think myself on a Saturday <laughs> night in Vail, uh, probably wouldn't be studying chemistry. And, uh, and, and Joe, I do have some other good news. My son just got us going to the airport. Right. He's in high school. So um, I think he'll be in the class of 2025 as well. And, That's awesome. And I'm looking forward to that. And you know, I'm very appreciative of my own children that they want to serve our country and be part of that half percent. That's, that's, that's really cool. And I remember your daughter uh, had to overcome some adversity to get in the Air Force Academy. I remember you telling me that story. Why don't you go through that just real quick? So you talk about overcoming adversity and, and keep going. That's, this is a perfect story of that. Uh, well, my daughter, when her senior year of high school, she did well academically and athletically, and she was a good kid. And uh, she went through the whole uh, process to get into our school, and she didn't get in. And people are like, how the heck can you not get your own daughter? And I said, this is a, this is a hard school to get into. You're talking an elite school, elite institution. And when she got that denial letter, it hit, hit me hard. It hit my daughter hard. And um, my daughter was gonna, actually going to go to uh, University of Colorado. And then over the summer of her senior year, before she went to CU, um, she was working a basketball camp at the academy. And she came home in June and said, Dad, I don't want to go to Boulder. I want to go to the United States Air Force Academy. So there was a big uh, decision in her life that we had to pursue a different option. So uh, my wife and I, and of course with my daughter, she ended up going, we sent her to a preparatory school for one year. It was unaccredited. It didn't, was no guarantee for her to get into the United States Air Force Academy. But 
uh, through her hard work and determination, her grit, I think she ended up taking ACT about 15 times. She took the SAT about four times because she wanted this opportunity. She wanted to be like a cadet. And I'm proud of her because she wanted and understood that she had one chance to live her life. And she wanted this path and this goal in this direction. So uh, my daughter works her butt off. Um, you know, she's not going to be a Rhodes Scholar at the Air Force Academy. She's not going to be a distinguished graduate here. But she has the mentality and that grit and resiliency to really overcome any adversity. And she really wants to work hard in life. And very proud. Yeah, what an awesome story. Let's, let's go into your coaching a little bit. How do you use the game of baseball to help these kids with what they're going to be facing um, after they get done playing and they go to their full-time military appointments and so forth, what they're going to be doing. How do you use baseball to help them with that? Oh, shoot, Coach, I got plenty of stories right now. I have a, a 98 grad uh, named David Lyons, who's F-16 pilot uh, in Desert Storm 2 through conversations with him. He was at Ali Salem Air Force Base in Kuwait. And he's flying an F-16 and he's hot. And he's sitting on the edge of the runway waiting for the go call. And they said, go. And when I'm saying he's hot and he's dripping. He's got bombs. He's ready to go into downtown Baghdad and deliver the ordinance. And he got the go call. And he said, when he got that go call, that was the same feeling he had every time he got on the bomb and had wow. to starting a baseball game, that same adrenaline rush. And he basically said, he got that call and I've been here before. Wow. I'm ready to go do my job. I had a 2005 grad named Bobby Harms. He's a left-hand pitcher for us. And he's an F-15 pilot, uh, F-15 Strike Eagle pilot. And I think it was 2009, so he's 25 years old. And he was in uh, northern Afghanistan. He got to, he was sitting alert, which meant he had to be ready. He got to go call, and five minutes later, his jet had to be in the air. And it's a 25-year-old kid leading a two-ship. And what ended up happening, he got to go call. We had a... a forward operating base and Marines were being overrun by the Taliban and the go call said, you got to get here now. So he takes his wingman and they go up and they're flying overhead and they got a guy on the ground that's saying they are inside the wire. So me and they're already in the compound where I'm firing is where you need to strafe. So as a 25 year old, here he comes in, strafe and runs, strafe and runs, strafe and runs. Until he bingoed out, which meant he had to go home because he's going to run out of gas. And the only thing he doesn't talk about this mission is in you know how good I was. If I would have got there a little bit earlier, we might not have lost eight Marines that day. But the thing he'll come back to is playing sport and how that propelled him to be able to do what he just did. And that's the whole idea out here, Coach. I'm making war fighters. Yeah, we're going to compete on the friendly field of strife. We want to win. But at the end of the day, winning is a whole different ballgame when we're talking about winning in life, and especially in the military. And, you know, when our kids get done playing their last baseball game, you know, those are the proving grounds. When they're done making those last on those proving grounds, that next game they play is no longer a game. That's called war. And that's what we're truly prepping these kids for. And shoot, yeah, we want to win every game once again. But you know, if we're five and fifty or fifty and five, it's not going to change who I am as a coach. And how I'm going to coach these kids because once again I am prepping them to be more fighters. And we're going to compete. We're going to play the game the right way. We're going to play hard. We're going to play fast. And I have my my philosophy out here is real simple. One word: attack, attack. And I want these kids to attack life. Yeah. Whether it's in the batter's box, whether it's on the bump, whether it's on the bases, whether it's defensively, whether it's in the classroom, everything they do has to be full forward. I'm moving forward in this direction. I'm going to make a decision. We're going to go. Because when in doubt attack George Patton and that's a whole same atmosphere the whole that's my whole mentality out here is attack life I don't want a kid that wants to sit around on the couch playing Fortnite until three o'clock in the morning you know I want kids that want to live their life and get up and go and that's our mentality and you know coaches always ask about our offensive approach and everything like attack you know yeah. we're going to swing every coach knows that and we're going to swing we're going to be aggressive we're gonna, everything we're going to do is going to be you know it's going to be what's like Hell on wheels, man. It is going to go, go, go mode. But I want that kids understand that's how they have to be. They can't sit back and wait. We got to push. Yeah, and that's you know I, I I've talked about this before that people say that the game of baseball is a game of failure because if you fail seven out of ten times in the big leagues, you're going to be a multi multi millionaire because you you've succeeded three out of ten. 
And I always looked at it like, no, it's not a game of failure. It's a game of opportunity because those seven times that you failed, you had the opportunity to grow and learn from those seven experiences. So it's, it's a game of opportunity in my mind. It's not a game of failure. And, I, and when you're talking about getting your kids ready for war, getting their kids ready for being a, a military officer and so forth, don't you think, and just help coaches out there understand this, that that's what all coaches should be doing is getting kids ready for real life, getting kids, you know, not necessarily war because not all of us coached uh, kids in the military, uh, high level kids in the military, but we're, we're getting kids. I always, one of my absolutes in baseball was we were going to lead the state in stolen bases or, and that's what we wanted to do or lead the state in double plays, or we were going to be the most, we were going to be the best hustling team in our state. That's what, that's one of my baseball absolutes because in my real bottom line reason for that is I wanted our kids to be the best hustling worker for somebody who was hiring them to work for them. I wanted them to be the best hustling husband and father for somebody someday. I always wanted that, that, that to roll over into their life. Don't you think all coaches should have that kind of perspective when coaching? I talked to this with the Colorado Dot Club. Is you know, if you're in the coaching once again for just that scoreboard, you're, you're in the wrong profession. Yeah. Our job is to develop these young men on the friendly, friendly field of stress. But if we're not doing that, then why are you in coaching? If you did not have a relationship later on in life, then whether it's the freshman on the B team, whether it's the, your best player, whether it's your worst player, you got to give it your all because you are a dad. And for some of these coaches out there, they're young kids out there, they're the big brother. And those kids, once again, you know, we get back to talking about leadership when those kids know that you have their back, they're going to do, they're going to do more for you. Um, if I was a high school coach, I would be putting, uh, I would make expectations academically and I wouldn't follow chassis rules and I would put it a lot higher because I know kids can achieve and some kids can achieve at a higher level, but let's set some great goals for these kids that they have to be able to obtain those goals to be able to set foot and then but that's puts a lot of stress and pressure even back to the coach. But that's where the coach is not just a baseball coach. He's got to be that life coach where he's constantly monitoring the kids' academics, the kids' social growth, everything that they're doing, that they have standards. The standards never sleep. And once you set those standards, that those kids cannot follow the standards, and then maybe they have to regress a little bit, but you have to keep your ties with them. And that might mean, I, unfortunately for here, I had a couple of kids that they're not, on the, not in the program right now. You know, they've been kind of on a suspension because maybe they're not doing the things the way we want them to do it. I still love them. I still care about them. They're still my responsibility. I still talk to them. I still keep my ties with them. You know, I, I mentor them because I have to ensure their success, especially at this type of institution. But that should happen at the high school level. That should happen at the corporation level. That if they're part of your team, they're an important piece of that team. You know, there's sometimes where you got to help some people out. And I'm more than willing to help people out. If they want to be here and they want to fight and they want to have that, once again, that grit and that uh, resiliency, I'm going to do everything in my power to ensure that that happens. But from a leadership perspective as well, sometimes kids need help out. And if they need help out and they don't want to be part of it, then I'm going to help them out. Maybe it's help. I'm going to help them out of the military. But especially at the high school, little league level, let's really concern ourselves with uh, ensuring these kids are once again becoming great kids and going to be great citizens of our country because shoot joe you understand high school level my dad coached high school baseball for 58 years you know not about pro players it's not about getting kids off to college to play division one or two three duco whatever it's baseball it's ensuring that they're going to be great people yeah. Yeah. and if we're not doing that as a coach and please you know find another occupation to do yeah. um, because nobody cares about state championships nobody cares about how many districts you want or how many conference titles you have because if you're the guy that sits around telling about, hey, back in 2004, I won the state championship, you know, you're probably the guy that's sitting on a darn bar stool that nobody really cares to talk to you anyway. So, you know, I, I tell this all the time. I get, um, people ask, how long are you going to coach at the cap? This could be my last year. Maybe it's 10 years from now. I have no idea. But I know my wife gets one husband. I know my kids get one dad. And that's first and foremost to me. That if I'm not a great dad, if I'm not a great husband to my wife, you know, someone will replace me in a heartbeat in this chip. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. But I got to ensure that, you know, family does come first. I do love my kids and the team, and they know that I'll always have their back. And, but with that, it's, you know, it's so much bigger. And, you know, we, yes, we had a great weekend. And, um, 
from a baseball perspective. And that's the cool part is on my phone, my phone's blowing up with all the alums texting and going, hey, great job, great job, great job. And that's a relationship that is really near and dear to my heart is that these kids are these young men, men, military officers are reaching out and my job is to continue to have ties with them as they continue to grow. And there's nothing more, once again, fulfilling to me is when I have a 28-year-old reaching out and saying, hey, coach, what do you think my next step should be? And everyone talks yeah. about the, the wedding invites, the birth yeah. yeah. announcements mm-hmm. and being part of that. And if you're not part of that, then you really have not made a difference. You know, if, if coaches, if your kids do not reach out to you after the season's over, after they graduate, you know, what true impact have you had? What lasting legacy have you left? And if that doesn't happen, you know, once again, it's easy to change. All you got to do is called care. Yeah. And, you gotta, and it's called love. Yeah. And just love your kids. And they know that you care about them and love them. They're going to give, once again, they're going to do that back to you. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, coach, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not a great baseball fan. I, by oh. no means, I am not a great baseball fan. Please. I, and I'm perfectly happy to tell you that. My assistants do the majority of the work. They, they, they coach baseball. I got to coach life. And my job is to teach our assistant coaches about coaching life and making a difference that way. They're younger kids. And that's my mentor ability for them is that uh, I got the, the strategic level that I'm always worried about and sure that uh, our kids are doing well academically in the military side and make sure that we can get to different places on time and everything. Um, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I get to make the decisions at the end, but you know, I want to ensure that I'm also helping and focusing my efforts to ensure everyone's successful here. And it's so much bigger. And, you know, once again, when I was a young coach, shoot, all that matters is winning. Win at all costs on the baseball field. Yeah. But 51, shoot, we care less at this point. Yeah. You know, and I think you're going to be a more successful coach when you don't care about the scoreboard, when you care about the kids. And it's amazing. go out. Yeah. And it's amazing how when you change that philosophy and you change that perspective, it's amazing how you start winning more. Well, coach, you hit the nail on the head. What can you control? Control the control book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can control attitude, energy, effort. That's yeah. what you can control. I mean, if kids aren't willing to do that, you know what? Maybe sometimes you have to force that a little bit. You've yeah. got to coerce that a little bit. But it's really kind of cool for our program right now. We're a self-looking home because our kids expect to have great jobs while they're here at the academy. Yeah. Uh, they expect to do well militarily uh, or in regards to their academic performance. They push themselves. And I'm, I'm a cheerleader at that point. I'm just rooting and hollering and saying, good job, guys. Let's keep it going. And what ends up happening is now our freshmen and sophomores are looking to go up in class and saying, I want to be like that guy. And it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling along. And all, all I got to do is, you know, drive the car a little bit, press on the gas and keep us between white lines. And uh, I'm very appreciative of the fact that I, I do get to do a great company. And hopefully I'm not going to put ever ruin their you know, the way they're going. And my job is just once again, is continue to Yeah, that's awesome. So let's go back, coach. Let's go back to your flying days. I know you flew um, in, in the war and so forth. Can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe some, some missions that were really over the top? <laughs> Does that make sense? Sure. Um, yeah, I was the, a C-17 pilot in South Carolina and well, this is in the heat of everything that was happening in Afghanistan and Iraq. And there are plenty of times they're flying into some austere airfields and you're maybe bringing in army guys, you're bringing in the, the bullets, bringing the new missions, you're bringing in the, pe- the people. And uh, you know, you're getting called in, you're just getting shot at, maybe you're doing some real crazy approaches. The airplane actually was a big airplane. So I was a cargo person. So I wasn't flying fighter jets. Uh, you know, as much as I wish I, I was, I wasn't selected for that ability, but my job was to make sure I brought our guys in, I brought everybody in, I brought our stuff in on time. And there are some hairy moments where, you know, once again, you're maybe getting some, some fire, uh, you're doing some different type of uh, transition work to get the airplane on the ground, you worry about threats, uh, you're on night vision goggles, you can't find the runway, you got some bad weather, and you maybe got the Secretary of Defense sitting right behind your back, going holy cow this is uh, important stuff you know i don't think there was too many real uh it was a job and my job and you, know, you train the way you're going to fight 
And I think that's that's an important analogy to make depending where you're going to fight, whether it's on that baseball field, making kids in the warfighters, whether I was prepping myself, uh, doing training missions to make sure when my name was called to go fly a mission that I was ready to go. And that's just the way it works is that you got the mission, you knew what the task was at a hand and you fulfilled that mission. Um, but there are some, you know, some moments where maybe you're air-refueling over Jordan or somewhere. If you don't get the gas, you got to divert somewhere. Or maybe you're getting some barrage fire on the ground. Maybe you got to divert your aircraft to go into somewhere else. And, you know, maybe you got a mortar attack going on at the airfield. You got to get your plane out of there as fast as possible. Um, but you're trying to do it in the safest manner possible. So uh, it was a, I wish I could still be in the military. I did my 20 years. I retired. Um, but people always ask, like, oh, you know, How's it feel to not wear the uniform anymore? I tell those people all the time, I still wear the uniform. I'll never take the uniform off. The uniform has made me the man that I am today. And without the, the ability to meet this young man or this gentleman from the Air Force Academy back when I was in, I'm being in high school, you know, I owe so much to the Air Force Academy. I know so much to that person that came and talked to me about the Academy. That if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here with where I am today. And I'm very thankful. And I'm thankful for everything the Academy has given to my family because I guarantee you that the last 15 years, if I didn't live at the Air Force Academy, my daughter wouldn't attend, my son wouldn't be here. And I'm very proud of everything that this institution has given me. I'm very proud of how much the military has given to my family. And, I, and I'm going to continue to do it twofold coming back. And it means a lot when the National Anthem is being played. And I had the fortunate opportunity with UNLV this weekend that uh, Coach Stolpe at UNLV wanted me to go talk to his team about what it means to wear a uniform. What, it, what our kids do and what it means for the national anthem to play. That's awesome. So let, let me ask you this couple of questions here about purpose. What's your, what would you say your overall purpose is in life, Coach? My purpose in life is to be an educator and try to teach kids the, the, the right and try to continue to make a difference that way. And once again, as I've gotten older and older, it's never about me anymore. It's really about exposing kids to different opportunities and giving them those opportunities that they get to really enrich their lives and their growth and their maturation. And once again, I just I want to make these kids the best human beings possible. And when it's my time to call it, and I, I just want one hell of a party in life to know that you know I did something good for others. And if I can do that, I'm very happy with that. That's all. So what, what would you say your passion in life is? What are things that you, it doesn't necessarily have to be with coaching baseball or something. Just what's your passion in life? What's something that you wake up every morning you just love to do? Uh, communicate, how about this one? Communicating with people. You know, I have a passion for the kids that are here. I have a passion for the kids that are willing to raise the right hand and serve and fight for our country. Uh, my door, once again, is always open, and I love the opportunity that I get when I have other cadets that are not on the baseball team that are coming down here to seek guidance and seek advice. And you know, I definitely don't have all the answers. Uh, you can ask my wife that one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I just I want to be a great human being. Yeah. You know, I want to live my life morally, ethically correct. And once again, when I lay my head down on the pillow each night, I want to say I, I did a good job. And I don't take a day for granted. Uh, I don't take life for granted. And that's why I try to wake up really early in the morning. I try to wake up before the sun comes up and get, get a little enriching experience, whether it's, you know, get maybe go to Starbucks. And, but I just drive, drive around the car for a little bit and just watch that sun come up and say, okay, you know, let's make today my best. And if I do that, shoot, I'm, I'm a happy person. Um, I definitely don't like to sit around. I, I don't sit in the house. I don't sit around. I don't watch TV very often. It's being out and about and hopefully being a good communicator for, for the big guy upstairs and impressing upon others how to do things well and do things right. And so the last one, I, I, my book is called the three P's finding your purpose, perspective, and passion. So what, what do you think your perspective on just on life, on leadership and those things are, what, what's your perspective on those with all the different things that you've been through? This is going to be unbelievable. Perspective. Um, I think it gets back to the four letters, Y-O-L-O. -O. You only live once and live it to its fullest extent. If you could do that, and you know, I don't think uh, anyone's ever going to doubt you or who you are and what you do. And, and I never want to miss out on something. I never want to look back and wonder what if I should have, I could have, like Vietnam. And it's a lot bigger than trying to determine, should we pinch hit this guy? Should we not pinch hit this guy? 
this is truly about making a difference in other people's lives. And for my position that I get to be at, it's awesome taking a, a 16 year old kid and talking to them and conveying the message about the military, about what we do. Um, but it is a profession of arms. This is a very dangerous situation and environment that we put these kids in, but we're looking for the, the cream of the crop kids once again, that want to be different, that want to make them the best that they possibly can be. And when you talk about perspective, there's been a lot of perspective in my life and everyone has faced cancer and things of that nature. And I have a, a really good friend of mine that's battling that right now. I lost my sister when she was 45 with cancer. And it's just, uh, you never know when your, your day is going to be numbered. And once again, I think at the end of the day, is I want to live my life to its fullest. I never have a day where I took a day off. So that's unacceptable to me. And once again, it's not a day off at the baseball field. It's about a day off of being a great person and representing myself the way I would want to represent. And I treat people with dignity and respect, whoever it is. And whether it's our three-star general here or the gate guard, they're going to get my best. And I, I, I wish the best for everyone. And I have no ill will to any baseball team out there. You'll never hear me compare a baseball game to war, but it's not. I've been in war. I've been in combat. We played a game of baseball. It's still called a game. But you learn so much through that, and you learn – Every day is a day of adversity, stress, pressure. You know, with that and making the right decisions and making them moral, we have to be right decisions. And sometimes it's hard. And sometimes uh, people maybe sacrifice their integrity for not doing the right thing. And if I ever do that, um, my decision-making coaches, I really try to think now, what would my kids think of me? Mm -hmm. If they had a camera on me 24-7, yeah. and they, they looked at dad and said, dad took the shortcut. Dad sacrifices integrity for what? Yeah. And, you know, that's a hard one for me. And, uh, you know, for coaches out there, here's here's a good story I'll share with the coaches. I first took over the program, I think it was 2010. And we had a first recruiting weekend. We had parents here. We had recruits here. My daughter was on the travel soccer team. We live in Colorado Springs. And she had a game up in Denver. And we had our first football game. It was at 12 o'clock. My daughter had a soccer game at 3. And I told my daughter I'd show up for and I go to the football game. I'm going to leave at halftime. I never left the football game. I wanted to make sure it was more important for me to make sure the recruits and the parents had a great time. Yeah. I get back home that day. My daughter comes home. And I remember this like it was yesterday. And I get a little emotional with that because uh, she asked me, or I asked her, I said, how'd the game go? She said, Dad, you said you're going to come to the game. I said, well, I had the parents and recruits. I want to make sure everything was good. And... I asked her again, I said, how'd the game go? My daughter turned her back and walked away. And wow. when you talk about trying to be a man of your word. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I wasn't. And the, on Monday, I talked to our team. And I was very emotional. I, I, I cried in front of our kids. And I was crying. And I, I said, how am I supposed to be an effective leader for you if I can't even be an effective dad? Yeah. That's really changed my outlook. And I, and I share everything with our program. I shared the ups and downs. I said, you know, my, my marriage isn't roses every day. No, but I want the kids to be at my house. I want them to know my wife. I want them to know my daughter. I want them to know my kids. And from then on out, the kids were like, Coach, you don't have to be here for every individual instruction. You don't have to be here for every weightlifting session. You know, my son was growing up. My daughter was growing up. My kids then, my baseball guys, were coming to my daughter's soccer games, my son's football games, to be part of my family. And that meant a lot to me, but once again, when you get back to it, you know, I got to be a dad first and foremost. And that was a really good teaching moment for me. Yeah. And I, and I, I, have, I, yeah, I, I have a saying, it's, it's, I, you told my players all the time and, and kids I taught and stuff, and I've actually had some players tattoo this on their body, but it was, it's called fear regret. And I, I always kind of wanted to have that in my mind that I, I, I don't want to be, I'm 55, so I'm a little older than you. I don't want to be 65, 75 and, and just look back and have a whole bunch of regret on things that I should have, could have, or would have done or should have done better or, or so forth. So I, 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 I really am conscious about decisions I make with that fear of regret in my mind. And that's kind of when you go through life, you, you go through different things and you're trying to do the best for everyone involved in that situation and it just didn't work out that time. So now you have you, but you learn from it. That's what you learn and you grow from it. And now you're using that situation to help others learn, learn and grow from what your situation was. And that's what makes you special is because you're always serving and giving to others and making their lives better. So I just wanted to throw that in for you. 
appreciate that. I had a young man just the other week, Coach, that came to my office. He was not getting much playing time. Um, and he, and he hung him up. And he said, Coach, I'm really worried about my academics. And I said, I, fine. You know, I'm all for that because he wants to fly jets when he graduates from here and has to be a little bit better academically. And he's still, he's still my son. Yeah. So what? He's not playing baseball anymore. Yeah. My job is to give these kids opportunities out here. You know, I want kids when they jump out of airplanes, shoot, I, I probably have a recruit that you know, they come in to play baseball and all of a sudden now they're, I make them and force them to jump out of airplanes in the summertime. And we have a saying out here, it's a great saying, stand in the door. And I love that, stand in the door. And for the kids here, these are those opportunity hurdles that they get. They're at 4,500 feet. Are they going to flee or are they going to fight? So they got to jump. Yeah. And whether it's in the boxing ring, the MMA classes that kids have here. Um, so I've had kids that have transitioned over to be on the parachuting team because they get more out of that than playing baseball. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, these kids that want to transition and do other things are still my responsibility. The kids don't leave the academy. You know, they're going to be great, successful officers, great, successful human beings later. But, you know, at the end of the day, well, shoot, we lost our closer after his freshman year because he wanted to jump on airplanes was more invigorating more leadership for him than it was closing a baseball game. We could have probably won more baseball games, but the reality is it's about him. It's about his growth and his maturation, his development and be a better officer where he wanted to do that. And that's okay. You know, it's just a baseball game. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to be okay. And there's a lot of coaches out there that we treat kids like a darn piece of meat. Yeah. And if once they can't do it anymore, or if they get hurt and all of a sudden we just start it. And I can't do that out here. I got to ensure that once again, I, my job is so much bigger. It's got to be that life perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and that's what it is. And I think it's for that. It should be that way for every leader, in my opinion. I, 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 when we started our program again, my first thing was I want to judge our success. And you said this earlier by how many kids come back and see us and what kind of relationships we still have with kids, five, 10, 15 to 20, 25 years after they left our program, not just where they're at, but do we still have a relationship with those kids? And just this morning, I was helping one of my ex-players try to get an internship in the financial field. And I connected with a player that we had about 25 years ago, 20, 20 to 25 years ago, and connected those two together so that they can help each other. But if I didn't have those connections, I wouldn't be able to do that. And that's what it's to me, that was what it was all about is having those connections. And I remember you telling a story about some drone operators. Do you remember that story of the drone operators who were operating the drones out of Las Vegas? Do you remember that story? Yeah, I have, well, I have a bunch of guys doing that now that are, uh, are doing that, but I have a, a young man here that graduated a few years ago named Trent Monahan. and Trent Monahan, the Cardinals called him up in the 28th round. They wanted to pick him up for the MLB draft. And he said, don't, I'm not going to sign. I came to the academy to serve my country, fly jets, and kill bad guys. So he's flying drones, and it's probably a, two years ago now, and he sent me a, a text that said, hey, coach, I just want you to know I wiped out the number two dude on the priority list yesterday. I smoked his rear end. And uh, I was pretty pumped up about that. You're talking about a 24-year-old kid that every kid that grows up has this major league aspiration of playing big league baseball, and he foregoed for, for gone doing that just because he wanted to serve his country. And he came and talked to the team uh, probably about two years ago as well. And he looked around the room and he said, I killed more people than that's in this room because that's my job. And that's kind of a, a, a piece that people have to understand. This is a dangerous profession that we're in. Yeah. And it is the call the profession of arms. We're looking for that special young man or woman out there that has the ability to say, I want to keep America number one. Um, you know, I don't want to be a gold star for them, but I'm very proud of my daughter. I'm very proud of my son and the accomplishment that they had and wanting to serve our country. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not what we want to do, but it's something that we have to do because freedom is not free. Yeah. And we need people like my daughter and my son and all the kids that are here and all the people that wear our nation's uniform to serve and fight for us and provide the security blanket to allow us to sleep well each night. And yeah. you give us our freedoms and our rights and everything. And people talk about, to me, Joe, is, you know, what would happen if somebody would take a knee for the national anthem of an opposing team? I said, that's fine. They can take a knee. I'm giving them, my kids are giving them the ability to do that. Yeah. It's their constitutional right, and that's mm -hmm. why we fight for them. 
and that's okay. And that's how life is. And, you know, I do want to have a, I would like to have a little talking to you maybe prior to, and maybe there's a different avenue that you can approach this. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's these special half percenters out there that are wearing a nation's uniform to give everyone the right to do what they do. That's amazing. Coach, I want to thank you for coming on. I could go on. I could probably do this all day with you. Um, it's, it's so hey, today's fun. Today's my off day, Joe. We're okay. Uh, well, I think, you know, I, I just, it's such a great thing to talk to you because you give such a different perspective to leadership than I think a lot of people have. And I think the, the perspective of leadership of putting your people first is, is huge. And, and the servant leadership that you show on a daily basis is huge for people to learn and understand. And I, I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on here. The podcast is called People Progressing. And it's, this podcast is going to help people progress because you help people progress on a daily basis at the academy, just probably at the grocery store with things that you do, you know, helping people at the grocery store or, or whatever it might be, because that's just the kind of person you are, your servant. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, this weekend was a great weekend. You guys swept UNLV. Um, you came back and scored six runs. Was it six runs in the bottom of the ninth yesterday to, to win the game by a run? Um, character wins, doesn't it? Well, I told a kid that the kid um, at the end of the top of the ninth going to the bottom of the ninth, we're only down by a touchdown. Yeah. So all we got to do is score a touchdown when they need an extra point. And uh, <laughs> it's so called the Falcon Field Magic. Yeah. And you're never out of the fight. And that's one thing for our kids here. They got to have that type of resolve and that grit because. You're always going to be in the fight. You can never be out of the fight. And that's what we got to teach our kids here. That uh, there's going to be some hard times in their lives. And they're going to miss anniversaries. They're going to miss birthdays. They're going to be flying missions where things aren't going to be going right. And they got to learn how to be able to get through that and be able to propel our nation as being number one again. So that's a big piece is trying to, with these kids having to deal with all the stresses and pressures of the Air Force Academy academically, military, and athletically, and you put a lot on their plate. And in return, we want them to once again be the, the forefront of our nation when it comes to you know, leading the war on global terror, whatever it's going to be. Like, you know, these are the kids that we have to go account on. Yeah. Well, coach, thanks again. Um, we'll, we'll get this on and get this out. And it's going to help. It's going to help a lot of people tremendously. I promise you. Well, coach, thank you for having me.